So the scripture reading this morning is from Exodus chapter 33, starting at verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are so pleased with me, teach me your ways, so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people, unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you've asked, because I'm pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. I will proclaim my name, my name the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, You can't see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back but my face must not be seen. This is the word of the Lord. Let's be to God. Before I speak, let's just offer this time in prayer. Lord God, your word leads and guides us. I pray that this morning we think about the things that we've heard in this reading and that we know from you how to apply them in our own lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, the first thing I thought when I was preparing, and knowing that um, we had a baptism this morning, was just thinking, sometimes when a reading is read in church, it almost feels as if you're watching a TV series and you start at episode three, or you pick up a good book and you start in chapter five, because it isn't always put into context. So for those of you who've been here the last few weeks, you do have the context of where we are. And I just thought I'd do a, a quick recap for those of you who don't know who Moses is or why he's speaking to God in the way he's speaking. So a quick recap. Moses is the baby of the basket in the river fame. Um, some many years before this reading, Moses was born at a time when the Egyptians were killing Israelite baby boys and Moses' mother decided to save him by popping him in a basket in the river and he was found by Pharaoh's daughter and brought up in the palace. Later on, unfortunately, when he was an older man, he killed an Egyptian, was found out and had to run away and he was away a long time but God has called him back. He's now an old man and he has spent time in Egypt working with Pharaoh to release or to get the release of the um, Israelites from Pharaoh and out into the desert. 
He sees various miracles. They walk across the Red Sea on dry land, and here they are out in a very inhospitable desert and doing quite a lot of moaning. This poor man is now in charge of probably thousands of people, many of whom are not really getting with it. They're, they're miserable. They're not having all the things they used to have. And Moses is praying three things here. He comes before God, and he spent a lot of time with God, but he has three prayers. <clears throat> he says he wants to know God better. He wants to know God as a friend. And he asks God to help him to become more like God. And I couldn't help at this point to just jump forward a few years, well, quite a lot of years, to Jeremiah, who's one of the big prophets in the Old Testament, who said a wonderful thing about knowing God. This says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So Moses is firstly asking God to have more knowledge of him, to be closer to him. He's also asking God to have God go with them through this inhospitable desert. He doesn't want them to be on their own. He wants to be sure that God is with them. And his final ask is to see God's glory. So he's come with these three requests. And if we look at them a little bit more, I hope we'll begin to understand the reading a little bit more. So Moses wants to get to know God much better. He already spends time with God, and he is close to God. He's hungering to know God better. And I think the word hunger is an important word. We all need to hunger for God. If we're not hungering for God, we're not getting as close to God as we really should be. Moses didn't have God's word, because God's word is one of the ways we get really close to God. Moses didn't have a Bible but he did have speaking with God and becoming closer to God that way. And Moses still wanted more of God. And we need to want more of God. Moses wants God to be clear about traveling with them. Because just before this, um, Moses has been called by God up onto the mountain. And he's been there a long time. He's been there 40 days and 40 nights and as Kirsty explained last week, when he comes down from the mountain, he finds that the Israelites have sort of well, we don't know what's happened to this fellow Moses. We, uh, we probably need another god, so let's melt up all the gold and make a golden calf and we'll bow down to that. And Moses isn't very pleased about this. He breaks the tablets of stone that he's got the Ten Commandments on that God has given him on the mountain while he's been away. And God says he's not going to go with them because he might kill somebody because he's so cross. And Moses really doesn't want to be in this desert without some presence of God. He doesn't want to be there with all these moaning, mumbling people and no God. And also that other nations would see that they're wandering through the desert, moaning and mumbling without God. And his final sort of rather cheeky request is that he wants to see God's glory. And you think, would I dare to have asked that? But God is amazing. God is actually so full of mercy. We've already heard that in our hymns this morning God promises to show Moses his goodness 
God is completely and utterly good. His glory lies in the fact that he is through and through and through good. There is nothing but good in God. And displaying his goodness to Moses. God doesn't have a sort of good and bad side like a sort of some sort of divine yin and yang. It's not like karma, something good goes on or something bad goes on and then something happens as a result of that. God is holy and completely good. His glory is in his goodness and Moses is told that God will pass by showing his goodness. And he also says that he'll proclaim his name as he goes past. And this proclaiming of his name isn't just saying what he's called, it's saying who he is. It's much more than just a moniker, it's actually who he is, his character, who God is. And all of that, God says he will show to Moses, but he warns Moses that actually to see God's glory face to face isn't possible. Moses couldn't cope with it. So God says he's going to shield Moses in a rock and put his hand over him while he passes by. And then once he's passed by, he'll take his hand away and Moses will be able to see God's goodness receding. So Moses asked for something absolutely huge. I don't know how many of us would dare to ask God to see his glory. I think I'd just be a bit too frightened in case God said yes. Just a bit. But God does this in a very safe way. He does show his glory to Moses, but in a way that Moses can cope with. So Moses doesn't look right on the full glory of God, but as much as he can handle. And those of you who know your Bible know that later on in the Bible we hear that our lives we see darkly, but once we've passed through death and we're in heaven, we will see fully and be known, uh, we will know as we are known. There is that hope that when we've passed through death, we will see God's glory and we'll see it fully. So, does this affect any of us? Well, any of you who have ever been here when I've been speaking before will know that, yes, every word in the Bible affects all of us. I believe every word in the Bible is relevant to every one of us every day. So, yes, it does affect us. And as I sort of thought through this, what were my musings on this? So what do we know of Moses through these questions and God's response? And what do we need to do? Well, we need to pray to God to be nearer. We need to read his word, study his word, get to know him. It's not really enough to know that he exists and that he's mighty and powerful. We actually need that to be part of who we are, that knowledge. And part of that is offering ourselves to him completely. And I love that very first hymn that we had. One of the lines is, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. When we come before God and we repent of all the things that we've done that are wrong and we ask, his mercy is immediate and immediately we're saved. Immediately he comes. Esther has just made a public profession today that her life now belongs to the Lord. She has offered her life, all of her life, for the whole of her life to God. She's repented of her sin. 
given her life to the Lord and now looks forward to that time after death when she will live in heaven and see the full glory of God. Have you given your life to the Lord? Have you looked at those things in your life that you need to repent of and pass over to God? And if you don't know how to do that, have a word with me or any other of the team here afterwards because this is a really big deal. This is a very important part of life to say goodbye to your worldly life and to let God take over, write your name in the book of life and you will then have eternity in heaven with God. We need to long for his company. Moses said he didn't want to go up without the presence of God going with him. We shouldn't want to live our life without the presence of God with us. And God also promises that once we've given our life to him, he will let his Holy Spirit indwell us, actually live with us. So everywhere we go, everything we do, we have God's Holy Spirit with us to help us, to teach us, to protect us, to convict us when we do things we shouldn't be doing. But our whole life will make much more sense when we live it with the Holy Spirit. And other people will see that change. We're told about the transformation of ourselves, that we become a new person. We are born again. When we give our life to God, we don't give it away. We receive it back in its, all its fullness. And you'll probably find you can't keep that to yourself. You need to let other people know about that. Because why would you want to live for eternity in heaven and not offer that grace and that goodness to others by letting them know that their journey can start any time and the very best place it ends is right beside God in heaven. So if you long for God to be in your life, the great and happy news is you only have to ask. That's all you have to do. He doesn't give you great, terrible things that you've got to climb mountains and wrestle giants or anything like that. You actually just have to ask. We also need to know that God's glory is greater than we can cope with. But we can take note of all sorts of things in our lives that show his glory I know a lot of you here go walking and there's nothing like standing on the top of a mountain and looking at the amazing view below you and knowing that our God made all that. And it is incredible. This time of year when we look at the trees and we've got yellows and golds and bright reds and oranges and actually it's a feast for our eyes. All of that is made by God's great power and God's great goodness. But we still need to be unsatisfied like Moses was until we truly see God in all his glory. So my thinking at the end of this was, if we truly want to be near to God, we read his word, we study his word, we long for his company, and we make sure that we make time to spend time with him. And we take great pleasure and delight in the glory of God in the way that we can see it in all sorts of things and I think if we follow his word we live a life that's instructed by his word then I think that will be for this life our seeing of his glory in absolute safety and the hope of total glory hereafter may God bless each and every one of us Amen.